Welcome. You are listening to 10,000 No's with Matthew Del Negro. That is me. If you are new to the show, I am just giving you a little warning that today's episode is slightly different than we always do. There's no intro music today. There is no outro music at the end today. So no fancy production. You are going to get a raw person riffing at you philosophically. Our topic, F the critic in your head. Here it is, me. All right. Here we are. Here we are. And I feel like I'm about to leap off a cliff with whatever this episode turns out to be. I know the gist of what it's going to be, but we're we're going to be riffing here. I want to read a few things to you. We were supposed to release Jerry Shea, that episode, this week, but I have decided to give you this solo episode. And you should, if there are children around, put earmuffs on them for the remainder of this one. I I don't know that there will be a lot of swearing, but... um, Ah, uh, there may be some F-bombs, I, I I believe. So pause it, get them where they have to go, whatever it is. I believe that the title, by the time you're getting this, will be Fuck the Critic in Your Head. And, you know, you have a podcast that is about people overcoming uh, adversity and, and then mixed with all of these kind of, you know, trying to figure out what's the best way to approach things. And what that does is it it brings something out in the people that you come in contact with and your friends and people feel like they will uh, talk to you about these topics and admit to you what they're really going through. So I feel like I have um, maybe even more insight into this now because I also have the, the addition of listeners that I don't know writing in and telling me their obstacles and fears. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. Uh, when you have something, you know, like, a, I guess you could call it a platform like this, like 10,000 knows, maybe you're being uh, set up that it's, it's a, it's a preachy platform that is not at all what I want it to be. And so I want to, I want to admit, I want to, I want to get vulnerable here and admit where, you know, it's easy to hide behind the guests. You got great guests and you can ask them great questions and they have great stories and I love it. But then there's this sense of me as though I've figured it out and I certainly haven't. And I want to share with you what's happening with me in the last, I don't know, I'd say week or so. Um, maybe, maybe since I've been in New York, you know, a recurring complaint for me in my normal life is, you know, I never have time to get to all the things that I need to get to that I want to get to that are, whether it's career-wise or uh, purpose-driven, you know, it's podcast-wise, whatever it may be. It's always like you feel like you're getting pulled in a bunch of different directions. Now, here I am for this job, 
I'm solo in New York. I have nothing but time on my hands um, that I can decide what to do with it. And I felt this creeping tension of all of the time slipping away from me. I've bought books. I think I told you that in last week's episode. I have, you know, I, I have access to movies and shows and everything. And I can do whatever I want. And yet I'm finding myself in this, this attitude of lack. And I keep hearing the word abundance. It just keeps flying out of the air. Everything I listen to, people are talking about abundance and abundance mindset, you know, abundance versus scarcity. And I started thinking, man, it applies. Sometimes they're talking about money. Sometimes they're talking about love and relationships. And sometimes they're talking about time. Or maybe they haven't been talking about time, but I'm thinking about time right now. I'm going, here I am with this time. And it's almost like I'm in a shopping spree and, and there's and where I know I'm not crazy is I talked to uh, my friend who uh, is an actor as well. And he's works, you know, goes away more than I do for work. And he's also got a family back at home. And so he said he identifies with it too. And he said, yes, yeah, because you're, you're in this period where, you know, it's this little stretch of time where you're going to have this until you want to take full advantage. And in in a way you kind of shoot yourself in the foot because you are, you're, you're kind of putting too much pressure on it and you have to just take a breath and realize, you know, you're going to get to what you're going to get to and you're not going to get to what you don't get to. And so I, I wrote about it in a journal this morning and I'm going to share that with you. And I said, what, underlies stress around time. And I said, at home, I spent a lot of time, energy, thought, words, explaining my frustrations around not having enough time. Okay, I've described this to you already. And then here I have all this time and I'm, I'm still talking like it's slipping away. And I said, I think possibly the issue is not knowing which thing to do first, not knowing what my priorities are. On a deeper level, maybe this reflects a lack of faith, or it reflects fear. Meaning, why put more work into my acting prep? It doesn't matter. Why put more work into the podcast? It doesn't matter. Why go to the gym? It doesn't matter. Why uh, pay for PR for the book? It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Everything is random. So, so what? You read a book that helped you understand the world of your show and your character. Who cares? No one's going to notice. No one cares. No one cares about you. Just say your lines and get out of the way. So you did a solo episode for your little podcast and some on some topic you've been thinking about. Who cares? Who wants to hear your bullshit anyway? What do you know? Who are you? You think you're special? You're not. You're just like everyone else. You're stumbling around in the dark, not really sure where you're going or how you're going to get there or who you even are. So don't release that episode. So-and-so will do a better job of it on that topic anyway. Oh, you have a thought for a post on social media that you that you think will help or inspire people? Don't post it. Why would you? Someone else will do it better. You're not special. Oh, you want to plan your day and get a lot done now that you're in another city for work with less distractions? What are you really going to do today that's going to make a real difference in the world? It doesn't matter. Hence, 
you don't matter. Now, that is pulled directly from a journal. I just started to give a voice to what was running through my head. And when I got done, I read it back and I thought, holy shit. I mean, if you had a person in your life that talked to you that way, if I did, I'd want to beat the shit out of them. I'd want to get away from them. I wouldn't want to be around that person. And yet I'm carrying around this person, this voice in my own head that is just terrorizing me like that all the time. And I think it was actually a very helpful exercise to do it. I'm going to suggest it to all of you. When you're feeling, you're feeling tense, you're feeling like you're not getting to everything you need to get to, you're feeling like, you're sapping yourself of joy, give a voice or, or, or give that voice in your head, like, like actually lean into it and write it down, stream of conscious, what they're saying to you. So you can see it, see it out in the open and say, fuck you. I mean, literally, fuck you. That motherfucker is going to control me. That motherfucker is going to keep me from doing what I want to do in the world, it's total bullshit. And you realize, you know, as I've said before, the biggest lesson of doing the show, it's been what, two and a half years, something like that. And you, you know, you learn all these lessons. The biggest lesson I think I've learned is that the number one person giving the most nose to Matt Del Negro is Matt Del Negro. And I'm, Guessing the number one person giving you your nose is you. It's crazy. I mean, we are in a prison of our own creation. And all of us, because it's not just me. I would think it's just me, but I've been in way too many conversations and I've listened to way too many interviews with people that have done far more than I've done, whether it was me talking to them or it's me listening to some podcast or seeing it on TV or whatever it might be. It's, this is universal. We are, it's, it, you, we need to strangle that voice inside. And look, it's not all bad. It wasn't created. You know, you could call it, there's many things to go. You could say it's, it's the devil. You know, you could say it's your ego. I don't, I don't know what you want to call it. Is it just, you know, it's, if it, let's call it the ego for now. The original intent was to protect us. As kids, you know, protect us. Don't go out on that ledge. You're going to get hurt. Don't, you know, don't go out there and do that in front of all those people. You're going to get embarrassed. You know, it's to, the intent was to help. But what it does is it, it keeps us inside ourselves. It keeps us from doing what we really were meant to do. And I feel like I think a lot of people will look at me and say, hey, that's a guy that's actually doing it. He's living his dream. He wanted to be an actor. He went, look at him. He's going, he's doing, it. he's getting paid to do that. That's great. And that's cool. And I'm proud of it. But I largely think that I've been driving around with my emergency brake pulled up like I'm fighting myself there's so much friction and yes I'm proud of some things that I've done but I think there can be so much more done with this show with my career with writing with everything and it's a matter of just of of really acknowledging 
that 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 voice is there and that's fine and you know the other thing aside from abundance is been hearing all about meditation obviously i've heard about it for a while but it seems to be coming back to me these days even more and and that's all about acknowledging that voice and letting it go you know just let those thoughts come in let them drift right out and you know, I'm, I'm riffing on this today for you because this is stuff that, I mean, I wrote about this in the book and I've worked on myself with all of this stuff for, for years. It's not like this is the first time I'm saying it. I could probably go back and see this in my journal from 15 years ago and still it's hanging me up. So it's got to be hanging at least one of you up. You know, what is it that's, what can you do to get out of your own way so you can express yourself fully and you can actually live in, in joy. And, you know, I talked last week about Gay Hendricks and the setting the thermostat for you, you, all of us have our, our thermostat set at a certain temperature. And when we go above it, we try to do something to sabotage it. And I thought about that for myself. I've got this great job. I'm here in New York. You know, it should be nothing, but this is awesome. And yet somehow... I have such a uh, temptation to talk about all of the things of, of what, well, you know, I got to, I got to work out the time. Oh, well, I got to, you know, it's always like, there's always this, but yes, but yes, but I have to keep myself in check in some way because God forbid I go too high. I'm going to get cut out at the knees and Maybe that's the result of years and years in a business that when when expectations get get up sometimes, then expectations are let down. But that's not a reason to go around dampening my joy. And it's not for you either. It doesn't matter. I don't care what you do. You don't have to be an actor. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is that you do, you know, it could be joy in your relationship. It could be joy in your hobby. I, I don't know what it is. Joy in your kids. It doesn't matter. You don't. Why do we have to dampen it? We're, we're going to get, you know, this is what I, I, I have always said and I need to live by it. It's like someone's talking shit about you somewhere, you know? So don't worry about it. Like I, I get, I think about you know, I think about this. I, the other day I read something in one of the books that I have a Sidney Lumet book, which I, I have bought for like probably 20 people in my life. And somehow I don't have any copies left. So I re I bought it again. It's a great book for any of you young actors or filmmakers. It's called making movies. And it really inspired me when I first moved to New York. And so I got it again and I'm reading a section the other day and it just got me so fired up. And I thought, I'm not even going to think about it. I'm just going to come to the computer and I'm just going to riff on it, right? And I didn't. I didn't get to the computer on time. I didn't get to the microphone on, on time. And then it kind of went away. And it's kind of happened with this episode right now. Earlier in the day today, I had kind of a running dialogue in my head of what I wanted to riff on. It's too bad I couldn't have just you know, flipped a switch. It would have been... Probably better than what you're getting right now. So I apologize. But basically, I didn't get to it and strike while the iron was hot. And sometimes you just got to say, fuck the critic. Just pull the just 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 pull the trigger. Just let it out. And, you know, maybe it's a it's a, a sloppy draft. Maybe it's a, you know, and, and frankly, 
you may appreciate this, some of you, and some of you may say, hey, man, edit it. We don't need to hear your shit. We don't need to hear your jagged thoughts. And, and to you, I say, great. Then, you know, press stop. Go to another podcast right now. That's fine. But this is what I'm giving you today. And I think there needs to be more of this in my life and more of this in, in your lives where you just say, fuck it. I mean, why is it not all just make it, make it a game. And there's somebody I was listening to this weekend, this guy, Alan Watts, maybe you've heard of him, but if you go on YouTube and you, you go on YouTube and search him out, he's got a lot of like poetic ramblings and lectures and they, you know, they put images over them and everything. But he had this one that I thought was, was really, really cool. And it, it was talking about treating your work as play. And he gave the example of a bus driver. And he said, if you're a bus driver and you're thinking that you're, this is just your job and you're, you know, you're driving around and people come on and they put money in the slot and then you have to take them here and you take them there. The end of the day, you're exhausted. But if you treat it like play and you think, no, I'm ushering these people through their lives and I'm, you know, weaving in and out of the city and I'm dropping certain people here and taking them to their destination and then I'm taking myself around and you look at it like a poet would look at it. By the end of the day, you're not exhausted by your job because you don't think of it as a job. You're thinking of it like it's play. By the way, apologies for that radiator sound if you can hear it. I'm in this apartment and it goes on. It has a life of its own. But if you think of it as play, whatever it is, how can you treat it? And I'm, I'm attempting to do that and go, why can't we find joy in everything we're doing? It's not always going to be perfect. You know, I, I realize that. Hopefully, if you, you know, you listen to this show, you know that. I'm not saying it's like you're putting on your rose-colored glasses and everything's just great, but how can you try to approach it in a way that this is all just not so serious and not so precious? Like, honestly, wh- why, why do we do we hold back and let this this voice inside of us stop us from doing what we are meant to do? So this morning, um, I'm having this thought that this, all these thoughts, and this is what I'm going to do the episode on. And that same friend, hey, I'd gotten up and there was a text from him with an article to, uh, or, or a link to an article that was titled, it said, Simon Callow, Stanislavski was racked by self-doubt was the title. Stanislavski, for those of you that don't know it, is the originator of what's now known as the method. And it says his acting method has been adopted by stars from Brando to Day-Lewis, but Stanislavski's company rejected his theories and the Russian felt his own acting was lacking. And I just thought, there you go. There you go. Stanislavski, I mean, he's held up in the acting world as this, you know, he's on this world renown and he's racked by self-doubt. He's, he thinks that his acting is lacking and it, it's, it's good in a way, I guess the critic, because it keeps us on our toes. It keeps us fighting. It keeps us hungry, but 
It's zapping our joy. It's zapping our joy. Can we learn to take the good and not have to answer by saying, yes, but, but there's this, but there's that. Why, why constantly try to thwart it? So we've established that, that it's, we can agree that it's, that if we're, if we're bound to this critic, it's going to hold us back. So the next question is, how can we free ourselves from him or her? And one thing that I reminded myself of today, and I hope it's apparent in this episode, is that I decided I am going to let this thing rip for better and for worse, for better or for worse, warts and all. And it will be what it will be. And I think if there's a, uh, a lesson in it, it's, it's something that happens in acting. And this just happened uh, the other day. Um, we, had, we were shooting a scene and we had done it a couple of different ways. And um, the director, who oh, happens to be Kevin Bacon, I'm going to drop a name there. Uh, oh, drop the name. Um, he said, all right, great. We got it. Now just do whatever you want to do. And that's a, it's a kind of common thing that happens on a set. You know, you get, you kind of feel like you got the scene. Now let's just do one for you. And most of the time, and in this case, it ended up being the best take for me. And most of the time it ends up that way because you know, if you dissect that, why, why is that? Because you've said, I got it. Now there's no pressure. We don't need this next one. No one's going to see it. So we'll just do this one and I'll do whatever. And you're a little more loose. You're a little less afraid to fail because you realize like, oh, we got it. So even if I fail, who cares? You know, and, and I had listened to uh, something else the other day that was talking about these uh if you look back at the, and it was Kathy Heller, actually, she was, she was one of my past guests. I listened to an episode of her and she was talking about kind of first drafts or first iterations of, of something that has now become an institution. And one of them was The Simpsons. And uh, I'll put the link to her episode in the show notes because I want to give credit because she really put it well. But the gist of what she was talking about was that The Simpsons and I forgot this, started as an interstitial uh, kind of piece between uh, the Tracy Ullman show. It was uh, between acts, I guess. They had this little, this little uh, cartoon. And if you look back, and she said you can Google it or YouTube it or whatever, and you see those first ones, you'll see that it's like a really raw version of what we now know as The Simpsons. And uh, apparently when they decided, Fox decided to pick it up, they were like, yeah, we'll, we'll pick it up, but they were going to do like as a mid-season replacement, like six episodes or whatever. And so they, um, they, just, said, they just left them alone. And they let them do whatever they were going to do. They didn't give them a ton of network notes because they figured it was going to be gone as soon as it came, you know, came out. It's going to be gone, whatever. And it gave them the freedom to play. And 
now it's whatever, I don't know, 32 seasons, 30 seasons, something like that. And gazillion dollars later. And, you know, they gave themselves permission to fail. They gave themselves permission to be mocked. They gave themselves permission to have somebody say, oh, did you see The Simpsons? It's really not that good. I mean, look, the, you know, it's not that sophisticated, the drawings or whatever it is. But in time, things evolved. And that's what happens with everything. Uh, you, you don't have to solve it all on day one. And you don't have to, you know, if we're talking, you know, I'll put the spotlight on myself. This episode, here we are. I'm 24, 25 minutes into it. You know, it's one of, what, 130-something episodes. Why do I have to feel the pressure or put the pressure on myself to make this thing like some holy experience? Like, hopefully there are some good takeaways in it for you. You know, I'm sure there are. There's got to be something. Is it, you know, mind-boggling? Probably not. Is that the end of the world? Probably not. Is it going to turn somebody off who's never listened to this show and happens to start on this episode that's a little different than some of the others? Maybe. Is that the end of the world? Probably not. Right? It's not that big of a deal. And I keep trying to remind myself of that. It's like nobody, you know, it, it's this, it's this oxymoron. There's a, I don't even know if that's the right word. It's a uh, contradiction, you know, one of the great contradictions of life. And, and here's what it is. I think it's nobody cares and yet it does matter. So let me explain that to you. Nobody cares, and yet everything matters. Uh, nobody really cares about your particular life situation as much as you do. You maybe your mom does, and your wife does, and you know, and they're you know, they're also wrapped up in it. You know, what you do can affect them. But like people might care. But they don't really, it's not, they're not losing sleep over your situation. So in a good way, that can let you know, like, try some things, experiment with some things. Because people aren't paying as much attention to you as you think. And on the other hand, everything you do matters. You know, like in the the journal that I, I read, the entry from this morning where the critic in my head was saying, like, why are you doing this? Why are you going to plan your day today? You're not going to make a difference. Like, nothing matters. Why are you going to work on your role? Nothing matters. You know, that's that's a defeatist attitude, and that's nihilistic, and I think that that's not going to help you either. And I don't think everything is chaos. I think things do matter. You know, they might not, you may not see the fruits of your labor today, but, like, if you treat it like it doesn't matter, you're never going to get anything done of any importance. So you have to operate from a position of what you're doing matters. And at the same time, you have to know nobody really gives too much of a shit about it. You know, I mean, that's the plain old truth. I mean, look at, you know, look at Kobe Bryant, for example, God rest his soul. Okay. He, 
great example of, of, of like what he did mattered when he was in the gym and he went that extra minute, 10 minutes, hour, two hours, and some other player was around him and, and saw his work ethic and saw what it took to achieve that greatness. It mattered because that now that person then talks about it in an interview. And then I hear it, you know, three weeks ago on an interview and yeah, on YouTube. And then I give it to my kids and then they hear it and it goes on and on. So what he did in those moments mattered. But when you say nobody cares, now you even have someone like that who really did people do care about, you know, he's an absolute global superstar. And that's why, you know, news cycles were changed when he and his daughter died tragically, you know, so people do care, but they don't, I mean, people, I don't think are, are losing sleep over it. Some people are, but people are still going on with their lives so in a way, it's like nobody cares, but what he did mattered. The way he conducted himself mattered because it influences other people around him. And it's inspiring. It's inspiring other people around him. Um, so I hope that that makes sense. I hope that, you know, a dime drops with you for that. And really the what I will put out to all of you and to myself is see if in the next week you can uh, observe yourself and observe where you have the initiate the 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 inkling of a, of a spark of an idea to go do something that's a little bit out of your comfort zone and how do you react to it do you go do it or do you hold yourself back? And when you hold yourself back, how does it feel? I know for me, I don't like it. I really don't like it. And yet I've found, like I'm saying, in the last, especially in the last week or two, I am holding myself back. I can't help myself. And yet I hate the feeling. So just observe yourself and see, are you living with the emergency break on? And can you just click it off and release it? And not get in your own way. Let other people get, plenty of people are going to get in your way. So let them do that. You know, plenty of walls are going to be there and bumps on the ground and all that stuff. Let them do that. But take your own emergency break off and go. And, um, you know, just a reminder to you all, we've got the great hats and t-shirts at 10,000nose.com. There's a store there. Uh, they're, They're pretty, they're pretty cool. I think. Uh, so if you're dig the show and you like it, you know, the t-shirts have the failure is opportunity in disguise. Um, or no, just failure is opportunity. It says along the back of the shirts, um, it's got the 10,000 nose logo. They're really comfortable. I, you know, people have commented on that, how high quality they are. And, and that's just because I've been given too many t-shirts that were like boxy and like rough. And I said, no, I want to, get good ones. So you got that and you got the baseball caps, which I wear all the time. Um, and it helps the show. It helps us, you know, uh, uh, pay for all the stuff that we have to pay for. And it's greatly appreciated. And the other thing is reviews, iTunes reviews. Um, so many of you have, have really written great reviews and it's really appreciated. 
Um, and if you want to share these shows with anyone, if you think that it will help them in any way, please share it. Follow me on social media. You'll find out who's next. Uh, I know I told you last week, we've got Jerry Shea and Henry Winkler and Tyler Mitchell. They are still coming. Unfortunately for you, you had to hear me ramble for another week. So I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you have a great, great week. And uh, I don't know. We may not even have the opening and closing music on this one. This one may be really raw, just exactly what it is. A dude with some thoughts. Hope it helps. Bye.